0: All right, week four of Catch the Wave. And and if you are here for the first time, uh, a great week to be here as we're going to just kind of do this capstone on. what it means to be a part of Rock Harbor. So we've been saying, uh, catch the wave ever since the church really got started. And we kind of were in the process of working out what would it mean for us to become a fully devoted disciple of Jesus Christ. And that's what we desire for everyone who's a part of this church, is that you are continuing to follow in the footsteps of Jesus to follow him in ministry, to become like him, and to have the opportunity to love others in the same way that he did, um, which like it said was irrationally generous as he would be willing to give his lives for us. So we've been looking at this idea of catch the way. The beginning of the W is we wanted you to be with God and know God. We talked about how our foundation of everything we do as a church is centrality of the word of God that everything we do should come through scripture and i think by the time you hear this message today you'll see how true that is it's probably going to be about an equal amount of me speaking and me reading the word of god as we look at the truth of of what it means to catch the wave but to know god is also to be with god by having a personal relationship With Jesus Christ. Week two, we looked at the A, which was to be among friends as disciples. That we can do things in in these small groups that we can't do in a large group like we are today. We desire for everybody to be in circles and in rows. That we believe that the fullness of scripture, as we saw in Acts chapter 2, they met in the temple and they met in their homes. And we believe that we should be doing the same. That we should be meeting in church and meeting in homes. Last week was the V, which was volunteer your gifts to discover your purpose. And we really didn't spend much time talking about signing up to being a volunteer. We talked more about allowing the gifts of the Holy Spirit to dwell up inside of you. And as the Holy Spirit were to take over your life, well, I don't have to ask you to volunteer. I don't have to ask you to be a part of ministry that God wants you to do. If the Holy Spirit takes over your life and you discover you have a purpose in life and it's not just for yourself... Everything else will follow. So that's what it means to volunteer your gifts. Today is our final week, and we're going to talk about engaging your world to make a difference. This whole pattern comes from the idea of we want you to know, grow, and go. And we've decided to use the WAVE as an acronym because it works well for a a church that's close to the ocean. But we love this idea of engaging your world. That to be a part of this church is to actually make a declaration that to be a part of us isn't to be just to take care of ourselves, but to be a part of what God is doing out there. To not just receive a gift, but also to be willing to give a gift what God has asked us to do. Um, I've asked this I think before, but anybody ever been asked like when you were maybe uh, in youth group as a kid and like, okay guys, so here's the script and you practice like in youth group what it was like to go up and share Christ with somebody else? Anybody ever practice that in youth group or is it just me? There's got to be someone else here. A few hands are willing to go up. Anybody have a youth group that actually made you go door to door and then practice? Chad's got his hand up all right Tina's got hers um so a few of us have been there the thing that you know is the most important part if anybody ever forces you to go door to door to evangelize in the name of Jesus is the first thing you do is you say a prayer at every single door right and you say God I really hope there's nobody home that's the most important thing that you have to learn because I think a lot of us just know that that just doesn't feel right. It's like, you know, Jesus wasn't quite like that. He wasn't like just, you know, he says he stands at the door and knocks, but I think you're taking this a literal, little, you know, too literally. You know, so that whole idea, you know, going to Ohio State, um, whether it was a football game or it was just a Wednesday afternoon walking to class, there was always people with signs that were yelling that, you know, you're going to hell, and if you don't confess and repent today, and I'm like, I really don't think I am. Like, I think I'm going to be okay, but you can keep on yelling at me, and, uh, you know, it just didn't, you know, reach me the right way. In fact, there were some of us who, even on Ohio State campus, especially during the week, that tried to do, like, Christian triage. And all of a sudden, these guys would be yelling, and we would literally kind of circle around and try and, like, talk to people like, you know, this isn't what Jesus would do, you know, and try and, you know, come alongside and protect the name of Jesus in the midst of that. So when we talk about this idea of engaging your world, we talk about evangelism, we talk about these words that you've heard in the church. Some people, when they hear the word evangelism, you know, it it makes them uncomfortable. For some people, it even might offend them. And so what does it mean to evangelize? So if you're taking notes, if you've got a bulletin today, take your notes out. If you're on the app, you can actually engage with the message by taking notes through your app as well, and it will save the notes in your account. So that's really fun. Here's what it means at Rock Harbor Church in Melbourne Beach, Florida, when we say the word evangelism, that we will do whatever it takes to bring a person one step closer to Jesus. That's our definition of evangelism. If I were to put one caveat in there, it it might be something like this. We will do whatever it takes short of sin to bring a person one step closer to Jesus. I would say the time that I felt like I actually um, embodied that the most was a few months ago, maybe about six months ago now, where we were volunteering at Oceans 302 for a fundraising event for Mr. Meisenberg's family, um, a teacher who has passed away in our community. and. I literally was set up on the other side of the bar, standing next to the well, running music at 2.30 on a Sunday afternoon um, so that we could love our community. And there were a couple of moments where someone said, uh, hey, I can't reach the, 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 that particular drink. Would you pass it to me? And I'm thinking at that point... Okay, I'm really testing the line on this one right now, but, you know, we were there in the community, and I'll tell you what was so cool. When I was standing behind a bar at 2.30 on a Sunday afternoon, I met a whole bunch of people I don't normally meet on Sundays. (laughs) And so I got a chance to share with them, and their response was, we don't normally see pastors here at 2.30 on a Sunday. And so really, that, that was that idea. Now, this is true, the, 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 the manager, uh, Mike, who's a friend of many of ours, he did say, hey, Kevin, you're working hard, you're standing there, help yourself to whatever you want, just being friendly. And I looked at him and I said, that little wand, does the Coke button work? And he goes, absolutely. I said, great. You know, and I had unlimited Coke for the day and I was happy. Um, there is a line there that can be crossed, but are we willing to do things that others don't? If we want to be a church, that is reaching those that other churches don't, we have to do things that others aren't doing. And so actually, we're going to be back in front of Oceans 302 on Palm Sunday, and we are going to be providing all the sound for a huge um, fundraiser for veterans and their family. Oceans 302 is going to be closed that day, and they're going to have a free buffet for veterans and active military and their families. Uh, Boniface Hires is donating a car that they're gonna raffle off, and all the proceeds are gonna go to a nonprofit that provides for veterans' families. So it's a great opportunity that we're gonna go and that we're gonna love on that day. By the way, it's the week before Easter. So what do we get a chance to do? We get a chance to go there and provide audio support for the fundraiser and all that, have fun with people, and we get to invite people to come hear about the good news of Jesus. And if you don't know, Easter Sunday is the easiest day of the entire year to tell someone, would you like to go to church? And they will say, yes. So it's a great time to invite people, so we're looking forward to that. So that's what it means for us to be a part of this, but, but why? Why is it that we do this thing called evangelism? Why do we go out and invite people? You know, I've said this before, I don't ever in my entire life, well, that's not true, there's only one occurrence I did, I tried to convert a person from being a fan of one team to being a fan of my team. So if you don't know, when I met my wife Angie in high school, she was a Michigan fan. I know. I know. And um, the good news is, Chad, she met Jesus, got baptized, and became an Ohio State fan. And the timeline is actually true. I'm not sure if it's a coincidence, but it's definitely true. And, uh, uh, but she, she came back to her roots. And at her graduation from Ohio State, her grandma gave her her class ring from Ohio State, and it was great. We don't do that. We don't go out and like, try and convert like, a Florida Gators fan to become an Ohio State fan. No, I need to have a team to you know, compete against. And so it's fun, and we enjoy that. And we enjoy that competition. But when it comes to our faith, even before I read the scripture, there's something that wells up inside of us that when you get a chance to know Jesus, especially, I believe, adults who have gone through life without Jesus and then they've come to know Jesus and they know the before and after, they can't even help themselves. You think about the woman at the well. She comes and she finds out that Jesus Christ is the living water. And she goes and she tells everybody. Think about it. How much theology did she know? Pretty much zero. How many seminary classes had she taken? That's a stupid question. I mean, none. But she had met Jesus, and her life had changed. And there's something inside of you that just wells up that you want to tell everybody. But we are going to kind of ask the question of the why. We are a church committed to the Great Commission. So it's in Matthew 28. If you want to read with me, I'm going to look starting in verse 16 of Matthew 28. This is to give you context. is after Jesus Christ has been resurrected. He's come back after the Easter, after the resurrection Sunday. And he's actually getting ready to leave the disciples again. He shares this with them. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him But some of them doubted, and I read that verse on purpose. So if you are still having doubt, you are not alone. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Why do we go out and share the good news of Jesus with people? It's because we were commanded to do so. Not just does it well up inside of us, but Jesus in Christ has in fact told us. What's so interesting is many times in scriptures, he told people, don't go tell people. But in this case, he's saying, no, now is the time. Go tell all people. So when it comes to each sunrise, I want you to know that Matthew 28 is going to be the context of our entire message. That's going to be the text that we're going to sit in. What it was like on that first Easter morning when they came and they found the tomb that was empty. We're going to ask the question of uh, the same question that the angels asked. Come and see, come and see who Jesus is. And we're going to ask the question of why was the tomb opened up? We know in other texts that Jesus could walk through locked doors. And we're going to share the message on the sunrise service. The tomb wasn't open to let Jesus out. It was so that others could come in and see that Jesus Christ was our resurrected Savior. So that's the message. Um, I do have one other little announcement. I am not creative at all. If you are artistically inclined at all, I've got a little project that we need some help with at the church. We don't want to be passing out paper on the beach on Easter morning. So we've got these little smooth rocks. They're on a table literally right when you walk out the double doors. They're right there. I've got the markers for it. And if you are artistically inclined, we want to put our church website on one side. And then over the next few weeks, if you could just put any kind of design on there as you kind of prayerfully just pray for the person who's going to be receiving that rock, it's going to help them be able to follow along the service and sing with the worship but then also we're going to remind them of the open tomb and that the rock that was removed from the tomb. So if that makes sense, come see me afterwards, and we would love to get some of you to be a part of this um, way of reaching out to people on Easter morning. This great commission from Jesus Christ that we see in Matthew 28, it helps prepare the disciples for the mission that they're going to be on. And the reason why we say engage your world is because we believe that you're not here at Rock Harbor Church to observe, but you are here to be put on mission. That when you come here on Sunday morning, that we come here as a harbor, this is our opportunity to receive your mission for the week. This is where we come back and we continue to know why we're here and then be sent out to the rest of the world. I'm going to read from you in John 17, where Jesus is sharing with the disciples before he is arrested. So we're going back a few days. Jesus says, But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking that you take them out of the world, but I ask that you protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, so that they may also be sanctified in truth. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word. If you don't know, he's speaking to each and every one of you right now. That they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. In the final hours of Jesus' life, almost his last moment, Jesus prays this prayer, the longest recorded prayer from Christ that we have in scripture. He has this moment, and we get this glimpse into his soul. We get a glimpse into the emotion of Jesus Christ. And in this prayer, we notice there's something that Jesus really wants for us. I want you to see verse 13. He says, I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy Made complete in themselves. What Jesus says here might get lost a little bit in the translation. If I were to throw a Greek word into it, it would say, So that my joy may have the pleroma of me. That the pleroma is the plethora, the overwhelming joy. He's saying, The way that we will find joy in Jesus, the way that our joy can be made complete is by being sent on the mission that he's called us to, and that is in to engage our world with the good news of Jesus. That through us, our joy can be made complete. That he wants to give us this joy that just keeps on welling up. One of my favorite stories is uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Um, I love reading the stories. It's really incredible how this British officer in World War I went over and was single-handedly was able to bring together um, Arabian leaders to fight against the, the Germans and the different powers uh, that were going against the British in World War I. So he's over there in the Middle East and they win these incredible battles. So he brings the different Arabian leaders all the way back to Buckingham Palace. And they're just amazed because especially you know even a hundred years ago they didn't have the cities. They didn't have the facilities that they saw take place in England. So at, After spending some time in Buckingham Palace, the queen or king of England asked them, you have helped save our empire. Whatever you ask for, we will give you. And they said, can we have that shiny thing in the bathroom that the water came out of? And they're like saying, what is it that you're asking for? You know, that thing that you turn and water comes out of, can we take that with us? Because that's amazing. You guys have this thing that you turn the knob and water just keeps on coming. Can I take that with me? Like, no, no, you don't understand. That's connected to a lot bigger system to make that water work. They'd never seen something like that before. They were used to having wells that they would have to bring up one bucket at a time. And I think that's kind of what Jesus is trying to share with us. Is that he wants us to be connected with him so that we have this unending supply of water. That we don't just have joy in a moment. We don't just have happiness because we have happiness in a moment. But he wants to have this joy that can be made complete in us. That we can have this never-ending source of joy coming into our life. Jesus' disciples give us an understanding of how we do this. And the answer is, Jesus sends them out on mission. He says in verse 18, As you have sent me into this world, speaking to God... So I have sent them into the world. And then he says, and I send those into the world that have not yet heard my message. And that's each and every one of us. Jesus is saying, I am filled with joy because I'm a man on a mission. And I want to have the same fullness of joy for those that follow me. So I send you out on a mission. Joy and mission are intimately connected. Why do our lives perhaps... Lack joy at times. Maybe it's because you don't know the mission that you're supposed to be on. We are made with eternity in mind and we're made to have this mission inside of us. So, what does it mean to be on mission? Well, when we're on mission, our our comfort, our convenience, our security can come second. When you're on mission, someone or something else becomes more important than yourself. You're on mission when you live for a cause that is more important than yourself to make a difference in this world. As I read that, I realize, I think every single morning, uh, a mom wakes up on a mission. And you understand that in your house, but now we get a chance to even go beyond our house and understand what it's like to be on a mission. Uh, My friend, Glenn Harris, that, uh, I don't even know if he's in the room, he's probably serving, he's outside the door waving at me. One morning I said to him a word that I try not to say, And I just said, Glenn, thanks for all you do, because he gets here before anybody else on Sunday and and sets up. And it was kind of like, Glenn, I'm just humbled to be able to have a person like you serving in the church. And he said the most kind words he could have possibly said, and that was, I don't do it for you. (laughs) And I told him this morning I was going to share that. I said, because Glenn, that's, that's just, I've never forgotten that. It's been over a year since he said that to me because he's a man on a mission. He's coming here early in the morning, and honestly, if if he wasn't here, I would have to change clothes because I would be out there doing flags and I would be a mess before I came in to preach. He's out there doing all these different things, getting our church ready, because he's a man on a mission. He gives up his comfort, gives up his time, and he doesn't do it for me. He does it so that, he said, just keep on preaching the good news of Jesus. He wants all of you to be able to come here and hear the message, and be sent out to engage this world and make a difference you see not just does jesus send us on a mission but this is why jesus died on the cross for us he saved you for a mission he saved you so that you could be out there a part of the ministry that god's provided for you to do if you think that christianity is a private matter just between you and god then you haven't read the new testament gospels if you think that christianity is just so that i can have salvation and that I'll get a chance to, you know, get a golden ticket into the pearly gates, then you have to understand why Jesus Christ died for you. It's that Christ died for us so that we can be his ambassadors, that we can go on his behalf, reconciling the world back to him. You see, Jesus has provided salvation for the purpose of, That yes, someday we can be in heaven. Yes, someday we can have no more disease. Yes, someday we can no longer be worried about sickness and death and brokenness like we are in this world. That yes, someday we will live in the glory that the streets will be paved with gold. But he actually saved you so that you could be on a mission today. And I love that Paul uses that word ambassadors in 2 Corinthians 5.20. If I were to pick one word, we talk about membership, we talk about being a companion. If we were to pick one word of what it means to represent God, it would be the word ambassador. That when you leave this building and you go into your workplace, when you go into your neighborhood, your homes are like the property of God. That when people walk into your home, they can feel the presence of God. They are loved irrationally. When we send our ambassadors of the United States out to other countries and we build an embassy, when you walk on that soil, it's like walking into American soil. It's like walking onto our own dirt of this land. That we have the opportunity to be the same thing as we go out into this world, that we bring The love of Christ with us, that's what it means to engage your world and to see how God can work in that. This is what God does. He calls people. He's done it all the way from the beginning with Abraham. He did it with Isaac. He did it with Jacob. He did it with Isaiah. He does this all throughout scripture. He calls the ones that many times you would never expect. David, the youngest, smallest of all the brothers. He calls to be the king of Israel. In Ephesians, Paul writes, For we are what he has made us, creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. That God has called us to be on a mission. And a mission is not an optional call. That if we are kingdom people, that we are more concerned about how to share God's love with this world than our own comfort in itself. The church doesn't exist just for itself but it exists to be god's love in this world if you're taking notes write this down at rock harbor church we don't convert people to christianity we bless people to jesus that's who we want to be we're not going to go out there with the intention of trying to convert people we're going to go out there just to bless people just to love people because you know what we can't save anybody But if we bless people and love people like Christ, then we can be a part of God's mission in this world. As we are a part of this mission, we're also part of a bigger mission. We are not a church that holds on to some secret truth that's different from other churches, but we are a part of a church that's a part of many churches, not just globally, but even locally. Yesterday morning, my wife had breakfast with seven other churches beachside, right here on the Space Coast. We all prayed for each other's churches. We all lifted each other up as we prepared for this Easter time. But we're also part of a bigger group called the Evangelical Covenant Church that started Rock Harbor. And uh, I've got a video for you to see what it means to be a part of BLESS.
1: God has always, God has sent, always his sent his followers to reach the lost and, restore, and the restore the broken through blessing. blessing. First through First Abraham through and Abraham now and as, followers as followers of Christ, followers of Christ we, have been, we have been blessed so that we can, so that be, a we can be a blessing, a blessing to, the world. To, the world. to the world. And one of the most, one important, of the most important ways that we are called to bless our world is inviting others into a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. We are excited to introduce you to a fresh paradigm for thinking about intentional evangelism through BLESS. BLESS is a new way of thinking about loving our neighbor as a natural part of our everyday life. We do this in five simple missional practices to help our unchurched family and friends journey towards faith in Christ. Begin, with, begin prayer. with prayer. Pray for those Pray in your those life who your are, life far, who are from God. far from God. Ask, God. Ask God, How do you want, to, you bless you want to bless others? Through me. Through me. Listen, Listen, with care. Listen with care. Begin with, begin listening, listening, with listening rather, than, rather talking. than talking. Listen deeply Listen to deep people's dreams, dreams and pain. And pain. Listen, Listen for evidence, of God's, evidence of, God's of God's work God's in, their lives. in their lives. Eat together. Share meals and life with those to whom God has called you. Serve in love. Over time, time, be attentive attentive to opportunities opportunities that God gives you to care for others others and meet felt needs. Share your story. story. After building relationships relationships and earning trust, trust, look for opportunities opportunities to share the story of how 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 Jesus Jesus is transforming your life life and the world. world. We invite you to live out these five five simple missional practices with those in your spheres of influence, outside of God's family. Friends, Friends, relatives, relatives acquaintances, acquaintances, neighbors, and, neighbors and, colleagues. and colleagues, with the hope with of the helping hope people helping go further, go in, their further in their journey towards making towards a life changing faith commitment, faith commitment to, Jesus. to Jesus.
0: All right. Chad, you were part of this team, weren't you? Yeah, so my friend Chad over there, um, who's uh, a covenant pastor, he was actually on the team who helped design this. So this is just putting some context when we say we don't convert people to christianity we bless people to jesus the bless is kind of how we do it Um, if you have the bulletin and you are trying to write those in uh, let me help make sure that you've got those filled in the first thing was begin with prayer and we want that to be true for everything we do at rock harbor whether it be a worship team uh, rehearsal whether it be that we're beginning to have an outreach to the community whether it be anything that we do as a church including our leadership team meetings that everything we do, we begin with prayer. So as you guys think about the fact that Easter is coming up in three more Sundays, it's going to be Easter. Begin to pray specifically for the names of people that you want to see be in church on Easter Sunday. And I don't just mean Rock Harbor. It could be a family member that lives in Jacksonville. That you're going to begin to write down who it is that you want to pray for, that you want to see, get a chance to hear the good news of Jesus this, this Easter. We see just in the early church that that's what they would do. Everything that they would do, they would begin with prayer. That's what God did. It says in Ephesians 6, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. The second thing is we are going to listen with care. People don't want to have you talk to them before you've had the opportunity to prove that you will listen to what they want to say. And actually, as you listen to people, you can find out exactly where they are with God. Um, In Acts 8, we see Philip was called by the Holy Spirit. He comes alongside the Ethiopian eunuch. And here's the person reading over the text of the Old Testament. He actually reads the words, He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Then the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? And essentially Philip just probably smiles and says, oh, I can tell you who they're talking about because I walked with them and I talked with them and I ate with them and I saw him die and I also saw him resurrected. You see, we can see the importance of listening to people Asking people, you know, questions and just find out who they are. Find out what their thoughts are on God. God prepares us to bless people. As we begin with prayer, I believe that God will prepare you. One of the most dangerous prayers that you can say every single morning is, God, use me today to bless your world because he may answer that prayer. And all of a sudden, that day you may find yourself in a significant conversation To love other people. Listening to people with care is is what we feel like we are called to do. That's how we are going to bless people. That's our role in this. The next thing is we're going to eat together. Now, if you grew up in a Baptist church, you know how important this is. But eating together is something we saw in Acts chapter 2. They were in the temple courts. They broke bread and they ate together. If you want to invite a person to come to Easter Sunday with you you might have a better opportunity by taking the opportunity to eat with them. Maybe inviting them over to your house. I think about Jesus and Zacchaeus. Jesus saw Zacchaeus up in the tree. Well, he invited himself over to eat. Let's maybe not follow Jesus in that example of seeing your neighbor say, hey, I'm going to come over to your house tonight. So prepared. Let's not do that. But let's maybe say, hey, next Friday, would you come over to our house to eat? That person that you've been praying for, that person that you've been getting to talk with, are you going to invite them over and get a chance to actually eat with them and care for them and love with them? Get a chance to share with them who Jesus is, and we do that by serving in love. Who can we serve in love? Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Jesus showed us that he who came down from heaven, he who is the glory of God, he came down, he knelt down, and he washed the other people's feet. He showed us that we are not called to go into this world as conquerors. We go into this world as servants. The last thing is we can share our story. As we share our story, we have the opportunity to share what God has done in our lives. You see, I think this is the biggest difference, especially back in the 80s and 90s where I grew up, is we learned so much about apologetics, how we could argue our point And believe me, I I, I enjoy doing that. If you don't know, I'm a small percentage of even the Christian church. I'm a young earth creationist. I don't believe in the whole billions of years things. Some of you may just decide, wow, I didn't realize Kevin was crazy. I am maybe a little bit, but I could make my argument on why I believe what I believe. But I don't go out and share that with people when I first meet them. I don't go out and say, hey, do you believe in Jesus? Well, why not? Well, you know, I believe this or that. Well, you don't believe in billions of years, do you? Like, that just wouldn't be smart. What I share with people is what God has done in my life and through my life. I share with them that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And that that is what it means. Everyone thinks that Christians are the ones that do everything right. I'm like, no, we're the ones that admit that we did everything wrong. And we need help from the one who can. And that's the difference that we can share with our world. So as we go into this Easter season, join us in engaging our world. Next week we'll have invites for our Easter stuff that you can share, but join us in this idea. Let's not convert people to Christianity, bless bless people to know Jesus. As we come to a close on this final idea of what it means to be a part of our church, I want to end it. With this note and chad if you have any thoughts that you want to share on this you can come up and share just so you know i didn't tell you beforehand but you're welcome to the last thing i want to share is one of our covenant affirmations and that is called the reality of freedom of christ as we come to a close on this idea of what it means to be a part of rock harbor we have this idea of the reality of freedom in christ We believe that Jesus Christ sets us free, according to Paul, from the power of sin to condemn, control, and destroy. We think back to the original Passover. The original Passover, the blood that was put across the lamp, uh, the the, the doors to each home of the Jewish people. They didn't go and ask, was there any leavened bread inside the room? They simply asked, does it have the blood of Jesus? To be a part of the church is not just to say that I hold on to a truth that others don't have. But that we believe, as it says in Galatians, that we have freedom in Christ to set us free. That there is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female. For all of us are one in Christ Jesus. To be a part of a covenant church, to be a part of Rock Harbor Church, is to understand that freedom in Christ is a principle that's one of our six affirmations. That we believe that we are willing to offer freedom Not for ourselves, but we offer freedom to others. A lot of churches have been divided over a lot of stuff. For instance, a lot of churches have been divided over things like baptism, the rapture, pre-trib, post-trib, young earth, old earth, creationism. Even for people who have opinions like me, within our church, we provide freedom in Christ in these areas. That we're willing to disagree in some areas because we won't disagree in areas like centrality of the Word of God. Over the next few weeks as a church, we're going to focus on getting our church prepared for Easter. And then we're going to be asking the question of, do you want to come be a part of what God is doing in Rock Harbor? And we're going to give you the opportunity to take steps towards membership with the church. We haven't had members yet, but it's a direction that we're going. Our members will at that point be organizing together together, so we will be passing a constitution of bylaws, and essentially what that will do is the authority of the church will come from the people of the church, from the members of the church. So I hope that God continues to move in our church, prepare us for Easter, and that we become a church that's willing to be on mission for him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm just so thankful for the work that you're doing in this church. God, I'm so thankful that the freedom that you've given us, the freedom that you've given us is not for ourselves so that we can be carefree in the decisions that we make, but God, that we can be willing to engage our world with the freedom in Christ because we know that we've been forgiven. That God that we know that we've made a difference in this world. So God, we're just so thankful that you've given us this opportunity, Lord, to be an expression of Jesus Christ to this community. God, I'm just so thankful and humbled for those who serve on each and every morning, for those who are right now teaching our kids, doing crafts with our kids, loving on our kids. God, just thank you that you've provided the opportunity for us to come together and to make a difference in this world. God, I pray that you continue just to do what you can do through this church. Allow us to love irrationally. Allow us to be the hands and feet of Jesus, that we can bless people to Jesus. Enough people have tried to convert people to Christianity. God, let us bless people to you. We pray this in Jesus' name.